Welcome, everybody, to Two Asians, One Board. Welcome, welcome. Hello, I'm one of your hosts, Darren, and... My name's Rio. Okay, and we're back for our third episode. Third episode, We've yeah. now tripled our number of episodes. That's right. <laughs> oh, I promise we'll stop doing this after... After, like, seven? Seven? Seven. <laughs> Quadrupled... What, what's five? Quintupled. Quintupled. Sextupled. Sextupled. I don't know what seven is. Septupled... I don't know. When yeah. the math gets too hard, we'll, we'll I think that's where it ends. Back. Yeah, that's where we will be like, welcome back to the show. When the number of subscribers is greater than the number of episodes. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so welcome back to our podcast here where we talk all about the board gaming hobby. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram at 2Asians1Board and uh, do subscribe and follow and leave us comments and reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been told that reviews is actually how people find the podcast, so... Other than people we forced to download our podcast, please, uh, please join our community. Family, friends, and friends, friends, and all the others. I think we should be able to get to at least twenty people. I think just from that. Twenty people, yeah. That's that's where we start. So I guess, uh, yeah, we can get to those uh, more subscribers than episodes very yeah. soon. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so big news! I am now an official Stonemeyer ambassador. Ooh. What do you think of that? So Stonemaier Games is uh, one of my favorite companies Mm -hmm. uh, that makes board games. They make amazing games that are generally kind of medium level, great entry games, actually Mm -hmm. gateway games. Yeah. Um, And very beautiful productions, well designed, usually quite tight and very popular games. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Jamie Stegmaier, who's one of the uh, founders of Stonemaier Games, uh, has a real uh, amazing online presence. And... um, so I guess they have this system where people can just, you know, apply. And if they kind of like what you say, um, you can become an ambassador and, you know, talk well about their games. And when you're at conventions, you know, maybe teach people how to play, stuff like that. He told me it's a long, like many pages of questions it's and answers. It's a long form yeah. mm-hmm. and not everybody applies, gets it because probably a ton of people apply. So yeah. that that's kind of cool. It's a big um, deal. That's yeah. awesome. And I always use, I used to use Wingspan as my get people into board gaming hobby game, mm-hmm. my gateway game. And now I use Viticulture and those are both, both uh, Stonemaier games because yeah. they're beautiful. They're not hard to learn and mm-hmm. they're really interactive and show people what the best side of board gaming. So 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I'm happy to be an ambassador. And uh, actually, after we do this cast, we're going to play their new game, Apiary, Apiary which yeah. I just got my copy of yesterday. Mm. And uh, yeah, we're going to see how that goes. It looks beautiful. Like I, I looked at it be- earlier, and uh, all the components and like everything just comes together so nicely. Yeah, yeah it looks really nice. And it looks it's like it's really gonna nice. be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you doing, Rio? Yeah, I've been good. Uh, has been like a, a pretty fun week with uh, numbers of board games that we've played and uh, uh, being finally able to play Lisboa after oh, yeah. after wanting to play it for so long. I I can now say that I have played a four player real game of Lisboa and lost miserably to my wife <laughs> so so you guys turned up the yeah you guys uh, she she wanted to make sure she got to bed at a good hour which yeah. is already doomed because yeah. <laughs> we're playing a Lacerda game starting at 7 7 30 uh-huh and then she then proclaims that she doesn't know how to play she didn't know how to which play which is untrue oh true she yeah. hustled us I think because then yeah. she won Quite right. soundly, actually. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, she's one who tends towards analysis paralysis, and that's not good in Lacerda games. Cause it could Usually take speaking, a right? Long yeah. Time. Yeah, you would think. 
And then my daughter who spends half of her time wandering around, not really paying attention. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, but it was a good game. It's definitely um, different at four people than two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, two people is fairly flowing. You're not, you can really do kind of what you want. So it's really about figuring out what the best thing to do is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you always feel like you have enough resources. You know, mm. nobody's taking up the spots that you want. Right. Um, two player was a, a pretty high scoring. Yeah. Whereas four player, I don't know. I just felt like I couldn't. You can't get do my, what you get actually. My thing going. Yeah, what you want to do is always blocked, and you need to really pivot. Yeah. To what everyone else is doing. Whenever yeah. I needed to do something, I didn't have the resources to do it. Then by the time I got those resources, I couldn't do it anymore. It was actually kind of frustrating, but in that kind of Bernie Lacerda way, which is also mm-hmm. satisfying. <laughs> and I, this was my first time playing with the Queen's variant as well. Um, and uh, yeah, the 57, uh, one of the, 50, no, the the card numbers came out really early on in like the second uh, Second season. or third town. Second, third, third yeah, round. Yeah. Third round. Like it was it was out and uh, there there goes all that. That was it. That was yeah. on a big source of, I think we scored pretty low in our game because nobody really had a yeah. lot of decrees. Yeah, decrees um, were, I, I think I had two uh, that I got. I, I guess that was one of the key reasons why my wife won because she, she had, had the most decree cards out of all players. Yeah. And as and we know from our Isle of Cats experience, which we'll yeah. have to talk about one day, yeah, <laughs> uh, she's good at end game objectives. <laughs> and Jay, yeah, she is good at juggling many objectives at at once. Yeah, uh, and making sure that all the different aspects and <laughs> yeah. every every piece is fulfilled. Uh, and uh, she she knows exactly what the actions needed to take ta- needed to be taken for those objectives are um so that that's i think where where her skills really shines that time um, in yeah. alicats i think she had like 15 end game objective cards yeah and she and somehow accomplished, accomplished every single one of them and just screamed <laughs> us like yes. doubled or tripled our points it was yeah. crazy it i was, was like crazy. i don't know what you're doing camilla but you're either gonna kill us or you're gonna lose really badly <laughs> yeah that's right yeah so i think i think any average person would after like five decree type of cards you would just like give up on like the the remaining five if you have 10 yeah, decree too cards. much to like keep in your head right yeah exactly but yeah. the fact that she was able to really keep track of each one of them and yeah. uh make it all work uh yeah, yeah kudos to her yeah. um but uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed the game of Lisboa. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I came out second um, after her, which uh, is uh, okay. I mean, I, I've done a lot of like solitaire solo playing of the game. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of knew the mechanics and knew what I was really after. Yeah. Um, but uh, even so... Uh, Dealing was... with all th- what the other three people are also trying to do. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pivoting, I, I knew that pivoting was going to be something that I needed to keep in mind, but I did still have like a couple of turns that were yeah. kind of wasted to some extent. I didn't really maximize those turns, but yeah, had a had a ton of fun uh, playing Lisboa. Also played uh, Mind Management, finally. Okay. Uh, this one, again, with four players, I... Uh, I was the um, the what's it called the recruiter, um, and uh, they were the rogue agents. So it was me versus them. So uh, one versus many, uh, and I uh, I have experience playing this game. They didn't, um, so I <laughs> did decimate them uh, with a, a great victory of hiding away and recruiting everyone that I needed to. Um, this, uh, it, I had fun, but also I think uh, it's not a four-player game is what I've oh, yeah? come to realize. It's more of, it should be more of a two to three-player 
game because um, once you have three people trying to make decisions together uh, it just doesn't like there there's always going to be a stronger authoritative voice versus got that alpha gamer yeah, 100% thing. yeah 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 cuz not cooperative but it kind of is it kind of is yeah exactly it's one versus many so it's me just like hiding away behind my board with my hidden movements uh, while they figure out how to they they figure out they try to find me um, uh, with the clues that are given yeah 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 i guess uh, I, I mean i guess we might talk about that later but yeah, that's one of the things i don't like about co-op mm-hmm. games is the yeah. alpha gamer thing but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. okay yeah. um i finally finished uh our game of brass me and my daughter and uh you know brass is a uh it's actually not that hard to play there's a few finicky rules but mm-hmm. it's not that hard to play but strategically it's hard and i think uh, yeah. she just did, didn't have the attention span and uh uh, let's call it higher level critical thinking <laughs> that an adult would have. And so I kind of kicked her butt. Yeah. Um, okay. Once yeah. I got those level three cottons down, the game was over basically. But, <laughs> uh, but she put up a good fight. She made a big comeback in the rail era, built a lot of links, but, okay. um, mm-hmm. but I just had uh, too many points. And and the thing in brass, if you score well in the first era, you're going to rescore that in the second era. So mm. if you're behind after the first break, you, yeah. you have a, a catching up to do, yeah. which can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we also got a new game, Kutnahora, Kutnahora. City of Silver, mm. which again is a really interesting theme. I learned a lot this week about the Czech Republic and the silver industry back in the 1200s around the town of Kutnahora. Oh wow! And mm-hmm. that's what the game is yeah. themed on. And yeah. this is a game of um, building buildings and manipulating markets. Yeah, uh, that's really what it's about: manipulating the price of six commodities that mm. uh will go up in price as the population of the town increases yeah um but will go down in price as you build buildings to produce those goods so just a classic so supply yeah, and demand supply and demand yeah economics. and it's a it we couldn't really figure out on the first playthrough what the best way of we couldn't it took us the whole game to figure out what you know that you want to do something so that it makes it cheaper for you, but then do something quickly to make it more expensive for somebody else. So right. couldn't really figure that out. I won by a small amount, yeah. but interesting game. Got to play it again. And I think this game would probably work much better with three or four three players. Three or four players. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I, I, uh, I majored in economics and I studied a lot of economics oh, like geez. in high okay, school. So we don't want to well. play against you. So it's, no, it's, it's, uh, I was just thinking how, um, if there are any high school teachers or teachers listening in general, like it would be a, like if board games in high school back just thinking back, like learning those com- concepts of supply and demand would have been very nice to have this kind of, uh, different method of learning it. Um, I can see that being very yeah. beneficial for that's students. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I mean, uh, and, you know, when you add the third player in, and especially at four, mm. so, you know, what happens is each player controls a number of guilds, and each guild produces one of the six resources. So in two-player, you each have three guilds, and there's no overlap. So oh. you can, if, so especially if, and certain uh, materials are only used by you as yeah. the guild owner but yeah. then some things like wood yeah it's is used to build all yeah. the buildings and so yeah. if you control the wood price you oh, are you kind control. of up 
Yeah. So in, when you have more players, at least two people control every guild. Mm. So then there's less yeah. of that monopoly kind of thing, basically. Right. Um, yeah. So I think the game would flow and be much more interactive and dynamic with more people than that. Player. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I played one more game called uh, Sea Salt and Pepper. Ah, I've heard of that. A super cute game. It's uh, uh, pieces with uh, origami uh, fish and like different uh ocean themed things like boats and uh anchors and uh mermaids uh so it's essentially like poker but then with uh cute themed cards and like basically <laughs> you're you're trying to collect certain um combinations of cards that will score you points um and once you get to a threshold of 7 points with these cards then you can decide either to stop the game then and there or you can bet uh, and then everyone else gets a chance to play one more turn but then as long as you have uh, the most points out of all players then you uh, get uh, an additional advantage um, we didn't no one bet it uh, or no one bet <laughs> uh, during this time around only stopping happened um, but uh, I think for for people that don't or the, that either know how to play poker or are like interested in getting to play uh poker in the future uh sea salt and pepper i think is a fun introduction to it um and also it's just a cute game to play uh it's very light uh so very easy to introduce and uh teach people as well and it's a really small package so yeah it's uh yeah it was it was nice after the tense game of mind management we played <laughs> sea salt and pepper <laughs> with a little bit more of a lightheartedness to it how long did yeah. your game of my management take my management took about like about 40 minutes oh so really fast yeah pretty fast but sea salt and pepper was like a 15 minute game and we right. yeah only had like two hours with those friends so uh, if you're, that you're day, new so. to the board gaming hobby a 40 minute game is really fast yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, 40 minutes it, it wow. sometimes <laughs> takes 40 minutes to teach a game that's uh, true so yeah. if you can play a whole game in 45 minutes mm. that's pretty fast yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I think mind management is definitely one of the lighter games that we own on our end. Cool, yeah. cool. Okay, well, you know what? We're yeah. going to uh, take our break early because mm. we got a lot to talk about in the second half. Yes, we do. Today, we're talking about uh, uh, game mechanics. Game mechanics, So yeah. what we mean by that is that, you know, a board game is just simply a bunch of mechanics put together mm. and maybe related to a theme mm -hmm. um and so we're going to be going over uh you'll you'll see what i mean when we start talking about it if you're not familiar with this term but yeah um we're going to be talking about some of the things that we like that happen in board games basically mm -hmm. um that shape the rules as i guess that's what a mechanic is this is just a, a thing that allows you to do something in exchange for something else yeah and uh, so we're going to talk about some of our faves and hates today just as a general overview yeah. and probably in future episodes we're going to highlight particular mechanics that we want to talk about and and relate them to specific games that maybe do those mechanics well mm -hmm. and other ones that don't do it as well so yeah. those will be future episodes but today we're just going to go over our favorite and hated most hated mechanics yeah and yeah. so we've got a lot to talk about so we're going to hit our first break mm -hmm. and we'll be right back yeah we'll be back And we are back. Okay, so mechanics. So mechanics. I guess, yeah. you know, I don't have a formal definition for game mechanic, but mm -hmm. basically for like, especially Euro games, you know, there are things that you do that 
kind of are the actions that make up a game. So, yeah. for example, Game of Life. Mm. One of the key mechanics is you spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. Move yeah. that number of spaces. So, mm-hmm. I don't know what the formal name for that mechanic is, but that's a mechanic of the game. Yeah. In uh, Poker. One of the mechanics is that it's random deal, yeah, and uh, and you get to exchange cards, yeah, uh, or or not if you're playing stuff. <laughs> but you know, so these are what we mean by mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, and every, so every game is just a collection of mechanics, either a small number of mechanics or a large number of mechanics. Yeah. Um, and so we're gonna talk about some of our favorite mechanics. Mm-hmm. If you go into Board Game Geek, yeah. which is kind of like the oracle of board gaming oracle of board gaming yeah. and you look up a game it's mm. going to tell you what the different mechanics in the game are uh, yeah in terms of their kind of officially accepted i'm terms. on there right now and it's it has like there is close to like yeah a hundred like a over a, over a hundred mechanics so you really. could actually if you're yeah. thinking oh i want to i want to find a game that has this mechanic you could actually just search on board game geek for yeah. that mechanic and it's going to list a whole bunch of games that claim to have that mechanic right now yeah. that doesn't tell you that it's a big part or a little part or whatever but you mm-hmm. know it, it, there's some of that in there mm. and so actually this is if if you can figure out what you like what mechanics you like and don't like you can figure out what kind of games you're going to like and what kind of games you're not going to like. Yeah. And um, regardless of designer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I think it's actually helpful. That's true. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's helpful just to, like, at first, it's it's good to just have, give it a try. Give any and all oh, yeah. mechanics a try. Yeah first because otherwise uh, unless you try it then like you really you'd don't be know surprised, yeah actually you'd be surprised yeah uh, and you know even if you don't like a particular mechanic sometimes the application of the mechanic and everything else that's going on around it makes mm-hmm. it okay or or you like it yeah whereas in other situations it, you just totally don't like it yeah <laughs> so it's hard to even be like i totally hate this in all forms of this you mm-hmm. know because yeah. It's different in every game. Mm. Um, but like I will use it, for example, to decide what games to buy for the family. Because yeah. I know my wife doesn't like certain kinds of things. And so yeah. I just will, won't buy those kind of games. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay. So you want to go first, Rio, or should I go first? Uh, you can go first, I think. Uh, so the other yeah. thing we're going to do is, uh, you know, we brainstormed. And I have like a two-page list of things I like and don't like. We're yeah. not going to go We're not going to go through the two pages? All, all of <laughs> two hours things. later. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be here. here for a long time. Yeah. But uh, maybe some of the most most liked and most hated. And yeah. some of those mechanics actually have aspects of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so one of my favorite mechanics, and I would say almost every game that I own mm. has this, an element of this mechanic is actually worker placement. Mm. So what this means is that you have a worker or a meeple or some kind of worker. worker. I guess it could yeah. even include like a dice or something. Yeah. And you have to put it somewhere onto the board or a player mat or something and then it does something or gives you something or activates something yeah and so that's kind of the basics of what worker placement means Mm -hmm. and that is actually a super common mechanic in a lot of games Mm -hmm. and um i like worker placement especially when it's a little bit competitive and by that i don't mean like you're trying to punch each other to get to the spot but you maybe have to get there first yeah. Uh, to get the best version of the action or you get there um, and um, you can get there by sacri- sacrificing something else yeah. to do a better action mm. or um, or you um, get there but then you can get booted off but then that also gets you something. So there's right. an yeah. opportunity cost by leaving your person there. So example of this, for example, 
is um, in The Gallerist by Vitel Lacerda. You put your worker there, and then when you, you can, if somebody else wants to go there, they can, but then they boot you into like a secondary area. Hmm. So after their turn is done, you can, at a cost, take that action as well for getting booted off. Hmm. And in fact, when you leave, if you go to a different space, you can leave a dude there to get booted off on purpose to take an action. But it costs you like a lot to take that extra action, but it can be really worth it. So Mm. that's a really interesting use of worker placement. Mm -hmm. Um, Another example is a simple example is Viticulture by Stonemaier. So, you know, there's only a certain number of spots. Mm. The first person usually can get a bonus. Everyone else doesn't get a bonus. And the bonus is usually pretty good. It's almost like double. However, you have an extra big worker that you can put on the same spot and still get the bonus. Mm -hmm. But then you only have one of those per round. So that's an interesting decision process. And also, the interesting thing about viticulture is there's two seasons to it. And so you have to decide how many workers to use in one season versus how many workers to use in the other season. To save up for the second season. And that is really actually one of the big decision spaces of the game. Yeah. And the final good, a great example I like um, is uh, Raiders of the North Sea, where you put a worker on, you take the action, then you take another worker off that, you know, you don't really own your workers in this game. Hmm. And then you get to take that action too. Yeah. So that is an interesting, not worker placement, worker removal, I guess. Worker removal. Huh. Interesting. And, and yeah. Sulkin, sorry, yeah. one more example. Yeah. Sulkin is yeah. super interesting because it's about the Mayan calendar. Mm-hmm. So you put your workers on. Yeah. And then you don't get the action. Mm. And then after everybody's turn, the wheel rotates. Huh. And so actually the action that your worker ends up at is different from the one where you put it on. And then when you oh. take your worker off yeah. at some point, doesn't have to be the next turn, then you get that action where they are now. Interesting. So there's this time element yeah. to the worker placement. I don't think you played that one yet. I Not yet, no. no. I it's think, super yeah. mind-bending at first because you're like, okay, I got to put it on now, but actually I don't want to do it till four turns from now. So right. yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. So, Would uh, Carnegie be um, a worker placement type of game or not? Really? Kind of. Yeah. Like you got to put your meeples yeah. on the board. You got to pick which area to put which them. Which area, what, and who that comes first. Yeah, yeah. Your income and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Yeah, no, that's that's a fun game as well. Now, some of the things I don't like about worker placement, though, mm-hmm. is when there is imbalance in the actions. Mm-hmm. So if one action is obviously way better than yeah. the other actions, and everyone just wants to take that action, and everything else feels like a wasted turn. Mm-hmm. Um, that that doesn't feel good. Right. Yeah, when, when the first player is overpowering by... by placing their meeple there over like not having yeah. another choice i guess another route to get there um, yeah yeah and and i i i also i mean the part of worker placement is blocking yeah you know like you know the point of it is that you can block something mm-hmm. but if there's like sometimes it feels bad if there's absolutely no way around that yeah although that is part of mm-hmm. inherently part of a worker placement kind of mechanic yeah yeah, yeah. so that's one of the things i like Okay, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense because uh, a lot of your games that you own are <laughs> worker placement games as well. Uh, I can go next uh, in regards to one of the games that I one of the types of mechanics yeah. that I do like a lot. Uh, I actually like co-op, uh, cooperative games <laughs> okay. quite a bit. Um, so uh, that well, my wife is a bigger fan than I am, but I like it as well. Uh, but uh, things like um uh, spirit island as an example is one really big 
co-op game that where where you're essentially trying to um, uh, help the the Hans, who are the indigenous folks within an island uh, from invaders. Uh, so you're you're trying to make sure that people are safe. Uh, you each have a spirit, a role of a spirit to uh, play. Um, different spirits have different abilities uh, to keep those invaders away and keep the Dahans safe. Some the, some spirits like work really closely with Dahans, others are just destroying the land a little bit, but at the same time uh, making sure that uh, the, the invaders are the ones that uh, get, uh, yeah, get basically uh, punched the, the first to some extent. Um, and uh, yeah, there's the, the cooperative aspect, but then there's also the individual aspect of making sure that you actually can take your own actions without without the other players uh, telling you what to do to to some extent because yeah. that that is what could go wrong with a co op game I would say as well like pandemic tends to be like uh, there there if there is an alpha leader person yeah. uh, then like basically uh, who like other than that single person everyone else is not having as much fun yeah <laughs> but uh, so, like that's yeah. that's the main downside of cooperative gaming yeah. probably is this alpha gamer concept where mm, somebody mm. is extra strong or yeah. vocal or both yeah and especially in a game like pandemic mm -hmm. where you know you could as one person play four people a hundred percent yeah right you like just... you could literally just play a whole normal game of four players <laughs> just with one person and you just yeah. do all the actions right? yeah and that totally does happen. That's a lot of people's first experience with co-op is like Pandemic. Mm. This is a super popular game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it can be super fun. Yeah, it can be very happen. fun. Yeah, if, it, if that doesn't happen, I think Spirit Island, because of its complexity and because of how unique each of the spirits are, it's very hard to keep track of other spirits and know exactly what the other spirits are capable of doing yeah. um so it, it it is it is harder for that alpha male player alpha over. person player to take over yeah um i've also played um yeah pandemic uh iberia i think is a little bit more like it it has uh, some unique aspects um that kind of does what spirit island does giving unique uh abilities for each player that uh makes sure that that imbalance doesn't happen as much so each individual has their unique skill sets things that they can do to kind of contribute um also another uh um uh, example is uh winter uh, what's it called dead of winter um so uh this is basically a zombie game zen zombie ap oh, oh, yeah. apocalypse game gotta cooperate uh, when there's zombies yeah exactly so uh each each person has like their own again like their their own abilities as a nurse as a uh, firefighter as a regular human being that doesn't have much ability at times but uh yeah just uh being able to kind of have that asymmetry um-ness of it within a co-op i find to be very important otherwise yeah as you said earlier like one person can really yeah. take over the game too much and that really does ruin the game a bit one of the interesting things about co-op games is it introduces an element of tension in the game that doesn't exist in competitive games and mm. that is that you could lose yeah yeah and you know other than let's say like um like a game where there's um 
no matter what you do, you lose unless you're the first, like mm. in uh, the Lacerda escape plan by Lacerda, yeah, where plan, yeah. you, you know, you have to get out. First of all, if you don't get out at all, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Yeah. But, <laughs> but there's this tension that you could lose, right? Mm-hmm. In Pandemic, for example, which is very highly tuned. Yeah. Like you sometimes within one or two moves of winning or losing. Yeah. Um, that tension is high throughout the game. You're like, oh my God, like we're going to lose. And then you get there and it's very satisfying. It is. Especially very, as yeah. you, if you all cooperated. Yeah. And, but you don't get that element in a competitive game. No. Right? Yeah. And so some games can be, quote, easier or harder based Mm -hmm. on how they've tuned the mechanics. Yeah. But that is, yeah, that's something that is uh, really unique to cooperative experiences Mm -hmm. is this tension Mm -hmm. that you could all win, but you could all lose. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And And it feels bad when you lose. Yeah, it does. Because you all just spent all that time and you Having invested (laughs) all the time and not being able to escape or just like. Uh, losing to a board game like <laughs> like just cardboard. just cardboard that is like you that you're flipping uh, that you're doing the actions on is is kind of a defeating feeling for sure yeah yeah, yeah. the uh, i don't like full co-op as much mm-hmm. and i think that's mostly because my family as a whole um we don't cooperate very well together when mm-hmm. playing games we're competitive people you're competitive yeah but we have played co-op with other people like we've played all the pandemic legacies and stuff and yeah. And it's an excellent experience when yeah. everyone's mature about it, you yeah. know, and, and nobody's really taking over. Yeah. Um, we, I kind of like it when it's a little bit cooperative, mm-hmm. but somebody's got to win. Yeah. So an example of that was like we played Clank Legacy, yeah. which is mm-hmm. like there's a story you're trying to, everybody's part of a company and you're trying to make the company better against mm-hmm. these, you know, the AI company. But somebody's got to win every game. Mm-hmm. So there's at some points you got to make those decisions to be for yourself. Yeah. And sometimes... Um, you know, for everybody. Yeah. And um, so that's a good example of a kind of semi-cooperative, mm-hmm. which which is an interesting tension, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so another example of... Let me give another or, example yeah. of something that I like. So deck building. Mm-hmm. So a lot yes. of people will shy away from games with cards. Really? Because the cards oh. are inevitably, like where cards are a big part of it, cards are yeah. inevitably an area of randomness, right? Because there's always a deck. Yeah. And if there's not a deck and you always get the same cards, then the, it doesn't have to be a card. Yeah, right? um, <laughs> that's true. So, so I, But I like it where there's an element of deck building. And by deck building, what we mean is you're going to start usually with like some standard cards that everybody has the same. Mm-hmm. And then you get to add cards to your deck from a pool of cards Mm -hmm. and then depending on how you've curated your what's in your deck is what you're going to be able to do for the rest of the game yeah and so part of winning the game is almost always what cards you've chosen to add what cards you might have gotten rid of yeah and you know how your deck ends up different from everyone else's Mm. and there's a lot of examples of this but some of the games that i've played with deck building uh include uh clank clank a big part of clank is building the deck with good cards yeah dune imperium a dune great imperium. example mm-hmm. of uh where deck building is super important to winning the game yeah great western trail yeah you know how, what cows you put on your deck super important mm. um and uh, and i like these deck building games because there's enough cycling mm. through the deck so you have to reshuffle your cards enough times that you see and use the cards that you get yeah and that's like, there's no point building a deck if you're never going to go through your deck and that's see true. what you yeah. built, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I find uh, a lot of people like the Lost Wounds of Arnak, but I found that the deck building is not a big part of the Lost Wounds because you don't really get the cycle that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found that less uh, satisfying from a deck point of 
deck building point deck of view. Building. Yeah, I think uh, one of the most classic deck building games uh, that like all a lot of board gamers know, uh, or I have a friend that only plays this game uh, is Dominion. Uh, and you can get like as many boxes as you want of Dominion and as many variations of Dominion yeah, as yeah. you would like as well. That's a lot. But uh, yeah, I've played it a couple, a handful of times and like I, I'm a big fan of deck building as well. It's it's a lot of fun. And I think, I mean, Dominion is just like pretty much like a deck building game without necessarily a board. It's all cards. It's all objectives of the cards and like making, uh, getting, getting uh, all the... Okay, I can't really explain Dominion super well. I've only played it a couple of times, <laughs> but but getting towns, getting city, I, I think it's it's just yeah, point based uh, that that you you get to buy certain uh, uh, you're you're trying to get rid of certain decks uh, while making sure that your hand your your deck that you curated uh, is the most efficient and effective. Uh, so there's the randomness of picking cards, but also there's. Uh, uh, that aspect of you're you're all starting off at with the same deck, whereas you're competing to be the most efficient and best deck builder of all players. Yeah, um, yeah, but I I do yeah I find it to be fun, but also I I do prefer like the Great Western Trail or Dune Imperium where there's an aspect of deck building, but also there is the a yeah. little bit more of the area management. It's just like, one part of yeah, it. Yeah, it's just one part of it. exactly. Yeah. I, exactly. But but like often the card is what controls what you can do. That's true. Yeah. Turn and mm-hmm. so it's well within your interest to not get crappy cards and to get like, good cards, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's yeah. the competitiveness of who who gets that good card that comes out. Exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a pool, and yeah. you know some of it is timing, a little bit of luck involved, obviously, mm-hmm. and having the resources at the right time. And technically speaking, well, wingspan, although it's an engine building, it you could kind of i've heard people say it's also to some extent just a deck building card game if if you got rid of the board and if you only had the cards left wingspan technically could be played just with cards as well you could that could be a travel variant it could be a travel variant yeah that's true (laughs) like like card mahjong (laughs) card mahjong i think that could be a stone now now as an ambassador you can uh pitch that (laughs) Stone Meyer. So the next thing yeah. I really like is engine building. Yeah. And so what we mean by mm. this is you you start off with very little, mm-hmm. and there's usually a bunch of things that you need to produce over the course of the game to try and win the game. And so over the course of the game, you add things to your collection, or sometimes it's a tableau, so just a collection of cards or buildings or whatever it is, yeah. that then allows you to produce more things for yourself. Yeah. And, and this engine of production gets bigger and bigger as you add more and more things to it mm. and it can so I, I like this because a it's it's strategic like what do i add when do i add it yeah. how much of it do i need versus this what's more important blah 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 mm. and then also um it's really satisfying when yeah. your engine gets going mm. and you're just producing a lot like you're like you take an income turn or whatever it is in the game mm-hmm. and then you just get like a whole bunch of stuff yeah and i think the greatest example that i've played of engine building is terraforming mars terraforming mars which is a very yeah. popular game and for good reason because you collect these cards to allow and then you increase your resource production 
And then later in the game, when you get all your resources at the end of each round, yeah. you just get a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's really yeah, yeah, yeah. satisfying. Mm -hmm. You're putting all these counters on your board, and yeah. you're like, wow, I just got like so much stuff. And then like by the time mm -hmm. you do it again, you've spent it all. But <laughs> it's really satisfying to feel mm -hmm. that engine grow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's like a great example of solid engine building and that's like the the main part in fact in the Ares expedition of terraforming mars yeah they got rid of the whole board play basically and just oh. focused on the engine building right the best part of the game people are like oh we don't need the board the board thing is just distracting yeah um wingspan is another example yeah. same with earth earth yeah. and wingspan are very similar you're yeah. collecting cards into a tableau in front of you mm -hmm. the cards give you stuff that yeah. you can trigger yeah and so the more cards you have in there the more stuff you get when yeah. you trigger it and so mm -hmm. that also can be very satisfying mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so i like engine building it's a really satisfying mechanic Yes, engine building is a lot of fun. I, I think um, I find for myself engine building I'm not good at. Uh, I wish I was better at. Uh, or I think it takes a few times to really uh, get, get familiar with the different cards, different components of the engine. Like if you are building an engine, you need to know what components you need to build a good engine. Yeah. And um, I think uh, I've just only played those engine building games um, uh, such few like so i need to play it more often to to become more familiar with the components uh to build a good engine and build an efficient engine without you played wingspan yeah. a number of times i have then, yes yeah, yeah you probably didn't find it as easy first but when once you learn the cards then yeah you basically like uh yeah whenever a card shows up that you know you want you you pick it up quite quickly because you you know exactly what those cards do or like in the beginning with five cards you know what to get rid of what to keep um, because they are the good cards to start with yeah um but uh yeah what i found with wingspan in particular was that there are there there the the wingspan especially like the initial like the the original wingspan game uh, has uh, certain cards that are definitely um overpowering over other parts uh, especially the ravens and the crows and whatnot if you get those early on early in early game uh, you do have quite a bit of a leg up against other players um, so i think engine building uh, some like so like so I, i've heard some people just even get rid of uh, the crows or uh, the ravens uh, from the deck so that uh, the 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 gameplay is a little bit more even amongst players um, yeah. so they're like with engine building or with any any games in general there are op cards sometimes that uh, are uh, more fun without um, yeah. at times but uh, yeah otherwise i do enjoy engine building as well um, but i can think of one other type of game for myself um, uh, that you might not actually like too much, but I, I think you might still like. Um, so it's like uh, the dice rolling aspect and grid coverage type of game. Um, so the the game the the single game that I'm thinking about that I like a lot is the Castle of Burgundy uh, that I've played a number of times. Yeah. And there's the randomness of dice rolling. Um, I not saying that like I'm a big fan of the complete randomness of dice rolling, but um, yeah, Castle of Burgundy. It, you're you're you able to use a certain worker to actually increase or decrease the dice. You can mitigate one or, yeah. the luck a little bit. Exactly, you can mitigate the luck, but also there is um, the dice that are being rolled out is something that everybody needs to deal with, um, and also there's uh, dice in the middle where basically everybody 
needs to uh, pick certain resources from, and you're also building your own hexagon grid. Um, so you're you're kind of building your area uh, and your own castle uh, yeah. and the map essentially, and you're you're trying to be as efficient as possible for those maps to be built and uh yeah points are I, I don't, it's not that, that I, I don't mind that because it, there's mitigation right mm -hmm. and like everybody's using the dice yeah right? and then and and uh, and there are other dice games for example like uh sagrada where there's a bunch of dice and actually yeah. you want all different numbers mm. and so the randomness mm -hmm. is actually part of it yeah um and um yeah so that's not bad i i just don't like it where the, the total randomness of the dice can just mess you up. And yeah. I think a great example of that I played recently, and we have it, is Dwellings of Eldervale. So this oh, is a cool game yeah. where you're building like a map and you're building uh, dwellings, you know, to get points and you have workers on the board that, and you can... But one part of the game is like a combat. It's like area control. Yeah. But the combat is just dice rolling. And while you can control sometimes how much how many dice you roll, yeah. it's literally just comparing numbers. Huh. Okay. And the top yeah. dice compared to the top dice determines the combat. It doesn't matter if you rolled if you rolled six dice mm. and didn't roll a six, which yeah. can happen, yeah. and you roll one dice and you happen to roll a six, yeah. that one dice wins. Oh really? And so you can't plan for that. You cannot plan right? for that. Right? And in no, fact, you probably yeah. committed more resources to the combat to get to six dice. Yeah. And this one person just on a chance cuz and I did that to my daughter. I'm like, <laughs> I really need this to go my way, but I'm just going to chance it. Yeah. And I yeah. beat her See in that combat happens. and she yeah. was really upset. And as because of the random rightly so, component. it's just completely yeah. random yeah. luck, right? Yeah. And my wife hates that. She didn't yeah. like that game at all. Mm. And actually that even though that's just one aspect of the game kind of turned me off that game. Yeah. Um, because that can be a big turning point in what yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that like with uh, with Root, although uh, with one of the clans there is, or when, when fighting happens between different uh, clans, like there is the dice rolling aspect of it. Yeah. But um, I think what they did well with Root was that there is no, like even if you quote unquote lose, you don't necessarily lose that bad. Uh, it's only uh, you you may you may lose like a small component or one piece or a couple of them, but there it's it's not necessarily like a game changer per se when yeah. when the losing happens. Yeah. One one example is not dice, but it's kind of like randomness. So yeah. in hegemony, hegemony, when you yeah. do a vote, mm. you're just pulling cubes from a bag from a blindly, bag, yeah. uh -huh. and that seems like it's completely random and not yeah. very fair. However, however, yeah, there is a way of putting more cubes into the bag. Yeah. It's and like then, the lottery system. Yeah, where you and then you, after more, yeah. the cubes are pulled, you can decide to put more secret votes in or not. Yeah, if it's important to you, you yeah. know what other votes are coming up, mm -hmm. and so you could save yourself for the more important things. Yeah, and then also if you win, those people lose their cubes. But if you lose, your cubes go back in the bag. So I think that is really nice little bits of mitigation mm. to just seemingly random luck of pulling yeah. colored cubes from a bag. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and also thematic because you know when you vote on a political thing you never know who's going to vote who's going to flip or whatever so it's kind of thematic it's too. quite real realistic yeah it's, yeah. it's true yeah. yeah okay um so another thing i really like is games that have an element of timing 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really hard to get right, I think. I mean, I'm not a game designer, but um, <laughs> it, I think if you make the timing too difficult mm-hmm. or too punishing, if you have bad timing, it can feel really bad. Yeah. Because you always feel like you're behind mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know, that's the main feeling, right? Or like this FOMO feeling where you're like, yeah. oh, I just missed out on that by one turn. Or, yeah. And but I think um, where it's not really so much punishing, but where it's more rewarding if you get the punish uh, if you get the timing right. Yeah. So a good example of timing mechanisms that also make a lot of sense thematically. So on Mars. Mm, so yeah. this is a Lacerda game, yeah. and one of the mechanics in on Mars is that you're either on the planet side or you're in orbit, and mm. there's only certain things you can do while you're in orbit, and certain things you can do while you're on the planet. And the only way to get from orbit to the planet and vice versa is on the shuttle. Yeah. There is another way, but it costs you a lot to do it. So you generally don't want to do it. Right. You want to take the shuttle. Yeah. And so the yeah. shuttle will go back and forth on a predictable time schedule. Yeah. As you know, in uh-huh. the future, yeah. they stick to the schedule. <laughs> and But that's as the game goes on and the planet gets more self-sufficient, the shuttle actually travels less and less. Oh, interesting. So you yeah. have to plan for the shuttle. Mm-hmm. In advance, sometimes two or three turns by the end of the game, three, four turns in, in advance. Yeah. If you want to get back to the other side, and so I think that's super interesting and actually a key part of the game mm-hmm. is the shuttle. Um, another example is Arc Nova. Arc Nova, yeah. And and the timing in Arc Nova is the break. Mm-hmm. So there's this yeah. coffee cup counter that moves up with certain actions or certain bonuses mm. and when it hits the end of the track it triggers a reset mm-hmm. at the end of the round yeah but that can be a long time or it can be a short time depending mm-hmm. on what people do and yeah. you can quote unquote push the break by taking certain actions that move it up a long way mm. and why you'd want to do that really depends on how much money you got what other people are trying to do but the what you don't learn about the break until you get into the game and start learning about how to play it better yeah. is that you can really weaponize the break yeah. and also helps you pr- predict what other people are likely to do. I think that's how I accidentally won Arc Nova the very first time I played it, where I, I had put the break on before you were able to, like you had before something planned. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, basically, yeah, call, calling it like ending on your own terms yeah. when, when you think is the right time for yourself and yeah. most likely others are not able to yeah. point the point like get the points that they want so to. hitting yeah. the break in arc nova is super strategic and i love it and the other part of arc nova that's the timing is when to end the game yeah because the mm-hmm. game ends when your two score tracks cross yeah but you have control over that because you don't uh-huh. have to score points yeah and so you do you end the game early because you think you're gonna win mm-hmm. do you end wait because you think you can get more points if you wait yeah you know like do you, it's so strategic the timing of when you end the game and mm. that is amazing yeah i found uh lisboa uh, as we played it that i i ended the first season uh with one of my actions i think that was a mistake i think you ended too early i ended, I like, too, er- I, I ended too early yeah 100 percent. i i think i i was not in an advantageous place while others were um, and that was definitely a mistake that I made. Um, yeah. After after doing it, I, I realized right away I was uh, like I should not have done it. But now yeah. it's too late. 
it happened to <laughs> so i love games that have a good timing mechanic yeah um, sulkin is basically timing is built into the game because everything those wheels turn one yeah. slot at the oh. end of everybody's turn mm -hmm. and so that's like literally all about the time right. the game is about time yeah um and, and clock is ticking yeah, yeah <laughs> one of my favorite games brass Birmingham. the yeah. timing of when you build and when you actually even like at the beginning of the game when you actually commit to going on board like timing is such a huge part mm -hmm. of brass one mm -hmm. turn too late and like you've lost your chance or you've missed that industry or whatever yeah and um and also the timing of when you decide to go first and second because you can control that by how much money you spend like yeah there's a lot of timing in brass and, and i do mm -hmm. like that as part of the strategy yeah i'm a i'm a fan of brass as well it's it takes it t it's it's a long game <laughs> but uh it is definitely uh, a lot of fun to play um and i can see yeah timing mechanics uh being like the, the, that is that is such a big component of brass and uh yeah like it's it's not easy though it it takes it takes a few tries it takes understanding of the bigger picture yeah um until until you can actually yeah. like really know what the right timings of stopping pausing changing things yeah. or entering into a certain market and whatnot is all it's it's all really uh based on experience i would say okay yeah. so yeah. um rio why don't you pick one more like yeah and then we'll go into a couple of dislikes and then uh, we're gonna run a bit long on this episode but there's yeah. so much to talk about <laughs> and it's fun talking about it so, there's a lot to so talk about okay. um yeah one more it's like a christmas episode so. it's a christmas episode yeah, like a merry gift. christmas um one more like i i think uh i'm gonna steal this from your uh list here um Combo games, uh, mm -hmm. things. I, I think uh, a lot of the games that I already mentioned are kind of, to some extent, combo. Yeah. So games. worker placements, you can combo. You yeah. Know, lots of things you can combo, but yeah. you just like the mechanic where you can combo. I think yeah, it's it's or or games that just take a little bit of like a lot of those different mechanics and all the different worlds that um, are are like. I think, yeah, Vital Lacerda games is like definitely the classic example, of course, of just the, it takes the worker placement part, it takes a little bit of the deck building, it takes a little bit of, uh, yeah, like the Okay, so you timing. mean like a game yeah. that incorporates many different mechanics all put together. Exactly. In yeah, a yeah. nice way. In a nice way. There, it, you can you can go horribly wrong with it too, where, where it's just not... Too many things going on. Too many things going on yeah, and yeah, everything sure. not being fun anymore. Um, I think, uh, yeah, last week we played uh, the White Castle. Uh, that was basically, yeah, there there's the randomness of the, uh, dice rolling and like getting all the different dice numbers, but then also there's the worker placement where you end up placing the workers and then you have your own board uh, and uh, your engine building a little bit with the different uh, goals that are That's uh, like set. an yeah. ultimate combo game because you only have nine moves. Nine moves, so yeah. you need to do 27 things with those nine moves. Yes, but, you know, that's you right. But you gotta set it up, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like when that is done cleverly and that is done well. Um, but uh, and and I've I guess it's because you've you've been <laughs> introducing most of the games to me, so I think uh, there is already a good filter that it has gone through. Uh, I haven't necessarily played many bad combo games as as of yet. I'm sure they exist, uh, but um, like yeah, and I think yeah, I, over here you. Yeah, uh, so, give an example of Barcelona, uh, which is a little bit more like although there is the combo aspect, there is a little bit more of the randomness 
Yeah, so to, the, yeah. Barcelona is this game where you have to pick like an intersection to put your citizens on. Yeah. And then it gives you at least two actions, sometimes three, but then yeah. those then gives you rewards that trigger other combos. And sometimes you can do seven or eight things in your turn and All get like once. a ton yeah. of points. Yeah. And that feels good when you pull that off. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, the engine building, but then like on the board. And yeah. like, yeah, you're kind of... Uh, uh like almost taking taking space from other players so there is a little bit of like the worker placement aspect to it as well and it's a it's also kind of trying to figure out that efficiency right so you want you have one action but you can do a bunch of different things on it exactly yeah one thing leads to the resources that you need to then do the next thing Mm -hmm. um i think there is a downside to having too many mechanics as we talked about and i think a good uh, example of a game that i have that um is that is um terracotta army so this is a board game terracotta based Army. on the mm-hmm. terracotta soldiers in China. Yeah. And so it's fine. You got to build these soldiers. You got to put them in the tomb and they all have a mechanic where depending on what they face or what mm-hmm. what's next to them, they're going to score you X number of points. And yeah. that's all fine. And that's cool. And the miniatures look cool in the tomb. Mm-hmm. But then there's also dry mud and wet mud and then there's also you know there's like four different kinds of soldiers then there's also quadrants to the map and lines on the map and then there's people that only judge certain lines in the map and then just to take your basic action you have to put your meeple on this wheel but then there's actually three wheels and they can all (laughs) rotate and then to actually rotate it though you need money and then there's a way of changing the turn order and then Mm. there's artisans that you there's just going. too it many going. things yeah. and you know i play That's very so complicated things, games yeah. and i just felt like this game was too many things it was too much yeah. um and so that's yeah that's saying a lot <laughs> it's too bad because the game is beautiful and it's yeah. thematic and mm-hmm. and you know uh, it just there was just too many things going on yeah and yeah so that's a uh, an example that i feel is a where there's mechanics for mechanics sake yeah um well and, moving uh, on from things that we love and like what are some things you have a long list of things that you hate <laughs> but if you were to pick like a couple of them which well, we ones? talked about a couple already we talked oh, about yeah. randomness yeah randomness. We talked yeah. About just now mechanics for mm-hmm. mechanics sake yeah i actually am not a, f- a fan and maybe just not really mechanic but yeah. like abstract mm. where you're just doing stuff and um for no reason or for yeah like yeah. i don't really get it because it's not really thematic so right. i think a good example of that is a very popular game i'm not getting mm. on anybody but yeah. azul is a azul. perfect example mm. of an abstract game yeah it's like tiles and you're building <laughs> things, but you're not really you're just set collecting and so yeah. it's just like i don't know it's just too abstract abstract mechanics mm. uh, i don't really like those kind of games yeah yeah um and i guess the main ones i don't like i don't like um bluffing bluffing mm. i'm not good at bluffing right okay i can't tell who's bluffing <laughs> i can't read people um and so anything that involves bluffing yeah um, and that includes things like poker <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just don't like um and so I, I won't get games that involve too much bluffing i guess the yeah that's like bluffing i i think social deduction and bluffing are very like very it, similar it's in the yeah. same I don't category at all yeah. yeah i think i i'm personally um like on the okay side of things about social deduction and bluffing and whatnot with the right people uh, i think it really varies with who who you end up playing with and like with uh, university friends and whatnot like there were times when yeah. we would do those uh a little bit of alcohol uh, yeah. makes any mechanic okay <laughs> 
<laughs> that's right well, but like the social deduction part like it, it is like it, it's the whole um like seeing how how um sneaky someone can be or like what what how they react whenever they are lying like you get to kind of get a, get to know a person really well uh, playing those social deduction games so i i think there's a time and place for those games but uh yeah it's definitely not my go-to either um that that i would pick out <laughs> um but uh i do have really fond memories of playing uh, certain yeah. social deduction way games like uh, werewolf or uh the um co-op no coop coop was another one that's a very popular social deduction game i think yeah yeah, but, yeah. okay what, what don't you like what don't i like i uh I'm actually uh, not the biggest fan of, um, yeah, games that just have uh, a very certain way of winning, um, or like when. Uh, so, so one example that I'm uh, thinking about here is a game called Clinic. Um, it's essentially um, a uh, like you're you're building your own clinic. You're competing against each other. Uh, uh, building the most efficient clinic possible. Uh, we've played. I've played it a couple of times so far, and uh, we've kind of figured out exactly the How most efficient way of winning. And and when there is like just a way to win, like when when that when that answer is there, and when there is just not not enough randomness to it, uh, it just becomes just an efficiency competition, uh, which is just not uh it kind of sucks out the fun of the game to some extent yeah um so that that's well, you don't have, you almost like don't have to play it exactly yeah you already know the answer to it it's just a matter of like if one player is one turn ahead or the other of the over the other yeah or not um so i think yeah i i there are there are games that um have that a little bit more than others um uh, some people love the the mathematics of it and like th- those crunchiness of it uh, i guess but uh, I am personally not the biggest fan of uh, a game that already just just has an, a perfect answer to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't like auction games. Auction games, huh? Uh, I guess it's almost kind of like social <laughs> deduction. Social, yeah, I know. That's right. But I, I guess it's its own thing. I don't like yeah. games that involve true auction, where mm. you're like you literally just bid and like yeah. you could like make yourself poor and but you get something i I don't Uh like that mechanic just in terms of how it feels and i'm not good at it and so i have a game raw which is quote unquote an auction game but it's not really because you know exactly what people can vote so it's a can can bid so it's it's like a predetermined auction so it's not really an auction right more strategy yeah Yeah. there's a strategy but like a proper auction game like i don't really like that as a mechanic what's Um, the would you say camel up is like a bidding auctiony uh i don't know that game is so lighthearted and and fun (laughs) that i don't think it really bothers me either way that's true yeah you're just riding this camel around the the, the desert but yeah so i'm not sure uh but like a serious auction game just like not doesn't appeal to me Mm, yeah yeah i can see that yeah but it it really does still come down to the social deductiony like uh uh people bidding on things and like comparing and like trying yeah. trying to deceit deceive one another i guess is yeah. where yeah it comes down to eh? yeah yeah uh so you like one-way track games 
Yes. And so by one-way yeah. track, we mean where you usually place a worker on yeah. a timeline or a track or a path of some yeah. kind, mm -hmm. and you can only go in one direction. You can never go backwards. Yes. Parks and was a lot of fun. So I, yeah, I Parks examples that. Yeah. Kaido is a classic game with one-way path. The whole game is just traveling on one-way mm -hmm. path. Yeah. And so and you really like that. I don't like that at all, actually. I don't like that strictness of it i, I want to do what i want to do i so. think so so what what i liked about parks is really like the predictability i guess of like exact it's it's a little bit like the white castle where you only have nine turns or like in parks you only have this many there are only this many seasons yeah uh, and you need to like be the most efficient in that constraint of time um so that's I, I yeah I'm a fan like it's it's kind of a there's the randomness to it but also there is the there there are barriers there are limitations yeah. um, so I yeah the one way track like Great Western Trail is not a one way it's a loop I guess <laughs> it's kind of well it's it's kind of like one way track but yeah. it's more like loop generating loop generating and you can yeah. change mm. the loop so it's right. a little bit different from there's control over yeah, yeah. whereas yeah. Tokaido is like one way right like one you can way, yeah. never go back along the same path ever mm, again yeah um, yeah once it's past you it's past you <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no that makes sense do like, you like roll and write games roll and is that uh, like Yahtzee is that a roll and write no I don't think I've ever played Yahtzee but like roll and write is where you roll a dice or yeah. do something usually that's pretty random and uh -huh. then you have to write down you know like a walk and roll remember we play walk and roll oh walk and roll yeah, yeah. rolling the yeah. dice and then yeah. you have to write down on this on this on your card or sheet of paper or whatever mm -hmm. what it is that you've chosen to yeah. use and um uh i don't really like doing that i feel like i'm doing work or homework <laughs> because of the writing aspect the writing I mean, aspect, literally yeah. i think it's just the writing of it ah, there's another yeah. game the welcome to series mm -hmm. where we used to have welcome to and yeah. and you have to there's these cards that yeah. are randomly revealed and then yeah. you have to decide what to do with those numbers mm -hmm. on this piece of paper which is like a neighborhood that you're trying to build uh -huh. and i was just like i felt like i'm doing work Right, like city planning or something. I don't know. It's just something about the writing aspect. You should of it. you should try clinic. It'll truly feel like work. Really? Oh <laughs> gosh! And it's a medical theme. It's a medical theme. <laughs> You're like uh, one of the biggest uh, portion of clinic is basically uh, figuring out parking for patients figuring out parking our, that sounds horrible <laughs> like your yeah your city planning it's it's basically <laughs> civil engineering that you're doing uh, but yeah roll and write I think I I haven't really played that many rolling or writing games yeah. uh, there's some role like there's some writing involved in uh, mind management with, which is a hidden movement game uh, which you have on the list of not liking <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm personally a fan but also I think there is a right player count for it uh, once it's too many players hidden movement becomes not so fun uh, but if it's like one on one like one person hiding one person trying to catch the other um that could be a lot of fun and like very like there could be a lot of tension yeah. uh, between the two so uh, it's it's fun in that way i find um but it's it's important to make sure that like the the game is built uh, evenly so like mind management i think is a really good example of um like to to start with it's relatively well uh, balanced but then on top of that they have like seven different boxes uh, that uh, is for each of the side if one side is always winning then the other side can get a box that will help them level up a little bit so it's a catch-up uh, mechanic exactly there's a catch-up mechanic uh, to like such a great extent uh, where 
uh, yeah, you can even out the playing field between the two, uh, to uh, yeah, the recruiter and the rogue agent. So I, I find hidden movement can be done right. Hidden movement also can be done not so right. Um, so, so I guess that's a yeah. perfect segue to, I guess the final thing we want to talk about is how the mechanics may be good, but can be unbalanced mm -hmm. just in terms of the design of the game. And yeah. so one example that you just mentioned is catch-up mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So, or no catch-up mechanism yeah. where the game needs one yeah. or the catch-up <laughs> mechanism doesn't really help you catch up. Right. And yeah. so, um, um, you talked about mind management. Another example that we experienced recently is Barcelona. So there's Barcelona. a lot of ways yeah. to score. Yeah. There's clearly one better way to score, which is building the buildings. Yeah. And you can get so far ahead, like you did. I got no way very you can far catch ahead. Up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's no real built-in way of catching up. And, and that just yeah halfway through the game and if you we already knew that you were gap, winning yeah right? yeah i kind of ruined the second half of the game yeah i did i did find that as well i mean as even as the person winning it's not as fun anymore because you're you like just, well i'm just gonna win yeah yeah, yeah. and that another uh, point of imbalance with point salad type mm -hmm. games like barcelona or yeah. like Botoku is when there's clearly one best way of scoring right and so yeah. everything just goes towards that yeah um so um, so that's one thing. The other mm -hmm. thing that I don't like is like where there's uh, either worker placement or an action selection mechanism mm -hmm. where one action is clearly the Superior. way to go yeah. every <laughs> time if you can. And so yeah. actually, despite me loving the game of Earth, yeah, the grow action yeah. is something that you should be trying to do every single turn. Yeah. Basically, if you want to win this game, because mm, um, yeah, you, you to get grow. to grow twice on your own turn and you yeah. get to grow once on everyone else's turn. And yeah. you feel like if you don't do the grow action, you've missed out on a turn. Like 100%. it can be that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because now you're one grow action behind and then the next person takes grow and they grow twice. Yeah. So that's where that one action is clearly way more powerful than mm. the other actions. Mm -hmm. That doesn't feel good. Yeah. Or like in Tapestry, for example. Yeah. There are certain tracks which are obviously kind of better than the other tracks. And mm -hmm. the expansions do deal with that a little bit, but yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The imbalance is never, never fun. Like, I think. Games yeah. where there are asymmetries, but the asymmetries are too big. Yeah. Yeah. In that certain ones or factions or maps or whatever it is that's asymmetric, it's just way better than others. Mm -hmm. And so Arc Nova, yeah. despite one of my favorite games, some of those maps are way better than other maps. And there's mm -hmm. rankings about these maps on <laughs> online you can find. Now, yeah. the new uh, Marine Worlds mitigate that a little bit with the yeah. action card upgrades. Yeah. Uh, but you still got the same maps, and so some of them are really good, and some of them are lackluster. Yeah. Um, same with uh, Castle of Burgundy, one of my favorite games. There's a has clear yeah, best map. There, are, Castle of there Burgundy. are very clear best maps, and there are maps that are just people people just tell you just not to play with because they're just too good or too bad, like too disadvantageous or advantageous. Yeah. So you just can might as well throw them out because yeah. uh, they're just not going to be yeah. uh, going to make the game as fun anymore. Yeah. So two more things. One, games where if you get something mm -hmm. or hit a spot or achieve something first, you win. Mm -hmm. And so an example of that in our oldest game that we have is in Agricola. So in Agricola, Agricola you're trying to yeah. build your farm mm -hmm. and there's a certain number of actions and each round has a certain number of things that 
added actions. You yeah. know what those actions are going to be, but the order of it, you don't know. Yeah. But in the second, I can't remember, second or third round, there's an action that allows you to add an extra worker, basically. Mm-hmm. And in a game with only, everyone only has two workers to start. Yeah. If you are the first person that gets the extra worker, first of all, it means nobody else that round can do that action. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. it's exclusive. Yeah. And you are way ahead. Yeah. You're um, a whole turn ahead. And yeah. that, you can't claw that back. The game mm-hmm. does not... You know, if you get your worker the next round, that's fine, but you're already one round behind. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's one thing I don't like about Agricola. If you want to win Agricola, you got to be the first person to get that, to mm-hmm. grow your family, get the extra worker. Yeah. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I can't think of, um, I haven't encountered that kind of feeling in some of the games we played more recently. But Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the, the like the first player win, um, like the, the one of the most popular one, I think, is Root, which is like all about getting to that point the the final point and then you you're the winner but i think they it's it's a well-balanced one where you mean like race to the finish race to the finish yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so like it's it's actually relatively well balanced in regards to how like everyone has a chance to to get to the finish line um at the same time if you play your cards right um so i think yeah it, it could be done okay but like there because there is simply no uh like humongous like advantageous way of getting yeah. there compared to others like getting a full turn ahead is not not as easy yeah. to achieve so the other thing a point of imbalance and i guess this is the last thing yeah. that i'll talk about is turn order turn orders yeah mm-hmm. so a lot of games just have fixed turn order and mm-hmm. it, it can be as simple as just where you sat down yeah <laughs> now yeah. in our play work work when you come yeah. to my house we yeah. o- now that we've done this so many times we always just sit in the same chairs yes there right is, and uh... so the turn order if you're just going clockwise is always the same yeah which is not great but mm-hmm. well, i mean we could just switch chairs yeah. but there, and then there are a lot of games where you can either choose the turn order by taking it sacrificing an action to change the turn order yeah or like in brass, for example, you can determine the turn order by how much money you spend, mm-hmm. and um, so that's where turn order can be used to your advantage and is the actual mechanic. Yeah. Whereas in some games, you feel like if you're last, even though you might get a little extra something at the beginning of the game, that usually doesn't it pay doesn't off at the end of the yeah. game. Yeah. And yeah. you always just feel like you're you you wished you were one step up or mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, yeah so when the like turn when the turn order, order is a disadvantage it's just a fixed thing and you can't really change it or you have no yeah. ability to change turn orders yeah i i can see that being definitely uh not fun. like especially when there are resources that are uh scarce and yeah. when turn order makes it so that it's harder for you to access certain things yeah yeah definitely you want to you want to be able to manipulate the turn order one way or another if possible yeah Okay, any big yeah. dislikes for you before we finish, Rio? Before we finish, any big dislikes for me? Um, that we haven't covered already. That We've we haven't pretty have exhaustive. Com- yeah, we, I think we've covered most of... I, I um, think one of the, like, things... That, uh, it, it's not a dislike yet, or it's, it's just... Uh, it, it's more of a I don't know uh, is, like, a campaign game. So... Well, what I dislike about it so far right now is the fact that it, like, just the sheer amount of effort it takes to find the right people and, like, actually go through a certain period of time to go through a campaign. Yeah. Um, I've just never, I've just so far not been able to find 
the time or the people to go through a full campaign yet. Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, like campaign yeah. or a legacy, I guess, right? Yeah, like legacy you have games. Pandemic yeah. legacy. Exactly. We haven't been able to actually. Get I it have to the not table. opened it yet. Yeah, we have to feel <laughs> like we have to commit three months of game time. Exactly, and right. we have so many games to play through that uh, it doesn't. Uh, I don't feel ready yet uh, to open it. But so, so legacy game. I, I've kind of stirred away from campaigns or legacy games so far because of that. Uh, sure commitment that yeah. is needed there um and also i haven't uh yeah like once you open it and once you play through the entire thing uh you're kind of you're done kind with of in it. it yeah yeah and we experienced that with gloomhaven mm. and um you know there's other kind of campaigny usually like dungeon diving you know miniatures involved and there's mm. a lot of setup and tear down and upkeep and yeah, yeah not my favorite way to spend a few hours that's mm-hmm. for sure and yeah. if i want to play dnd i'll probably just play dnd <laughs> um so yeah yeah but uh, yeah, that's that's I think one the the only one that I can think of right now. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, that was a lot. That was a, that lot. Was a lot. We went a little bit long, but man, yeah. that's a good discussion. We're going to be covering mechanics in other episodes, and uh, so we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Leave yeah. us your comments and feedback and reviews. Yes. And subscribe and follow. Mm-hmm. And um, it's uh, we're recording this before Christmas, so happy holidays to everybody. Happy Although you holidays. will hear this after Christmas, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometime in January or yeah. February. I don't know. <laughs> and yeah. um, thank you for listening, mm-hmm. and we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, see you. <laughs>